KINY, where you don't miss a thing. It is time once again for Capital Chat. And in the studio today, I have co-chairs of the Defend Our Constitution. I have Bill Corpus here and Bruce Patello. Welcome to the studio, you two. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, sir. So I think a perfect way of opening this, because obviously we're in the heart of the political season right now, guys. We're hearing nonstop political ads basically everywhere we look. And here you come from Defend Our Constitution. And we're hearing a lot about the Constitutional Convention that's coming up and what we're going to vote on coming up on Tuesday. So I guess let's open this up with what is Defend Our Constitution and what are you guys standing for? We're a group of Alaskans across the political spectrum um, and um, across the state geographically as well. We began organizing um, roughly this time last year. We have disparate views about individual aspects of the Constitution, but all of us are convinced that opening the Constitution to the potential of a wholesale rewrite would be a disaster for the state, and uh, that the best way to modify the Constitution where it needs to be is to use the process that has been provided for in the Constitution, which is uh, passage of proposed amendments by two-thirds vote of each the House and the Senate, and ultimately a vote by the people. Uh, the legislature, uh, since uh, it's, uh, the Constitution t- took effect, has had uh, 40 proposals before the electorate, and 28 of them have been adopted by the citizens of Alaska. We think that process works. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. Updated 28 times since its passage. Now, when was the official passage of the Alaska Constitution? Well, it was uh, um, voted on at the point of statehood. So it's been in effect roughly since 1959 uh, and the admission of Alaska as a state. Voters approved it, however, in 1956 um, before Alaska had achieved statehood, but to be at the ready once Congress and the president had acted on Alaska's admission. Well, I find it really interesting, too, that 55 delegates came around from all over Alaska to make this thing happen. It's, it's such cool history involved with Alaska, and I think that's really cool with it, too. And here we are umpteen years later, and they want to look at it again just from a different aspect and different ways of doing it with this constitutional convention. So you said you started planning this about a year ago when you heard this, right? Yes. Actually, maybe just a little longer than that. Okay, okay. So now when it comes to the Constitutional Convention, maybe we should dive into a little bit more so voters can understand what exactly they're voting for on Tuesday. Because this is which prop again? Proposition yep, 1. Yep, this is Proposition 1. So this is and, very and, important. And in fact, the only one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And of course, so let's dive into that. So basically, what is this Proposition wanting to do exactly? The Constitution itself provides... Uh, an alternative mechanism to the one we described of the two-thirds vote of each uh, uh, each house. The legislature has the power to convene a convention at any time, but we're one of 14 states that also has an automatic provision which says uh, after a particular length of time in Alaska, every 10 years, the question shall appear on the ballot, shall there be a constitutional convention? And November 8th, 2022, is when that question appears on our ballot in this uh, 10-year cycle. Yeah, and we've we've had these uh, votes uh, since statehood, and um, all of them uh, with the exception, I guess it was 1970, it passed, and that went to court because there was bad wording on uh, 
the question that appeared on the ballot. So it was voted on again in 72 and it went down. And every 10 years hence, uh, it's gone down more or less overwhelmingly. So I guess, why do you guys feel, or if the Constitutional Convention does happen, what do you think they're going to look at? Or what do you think the big changes are here in Alaska that they really want to focus on? Well, advocates for the convention have listed a variety of issues they would like to take up. But I think primary among them would be to embed the permanent fund dividend in the Constitution and guarantee uh, a rate of return or a a payment that would take priority over other uses of the um, earnings reserve. Uh, The permanent fund earnings reserve. Yes. And um, a second issue um, has been the result of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, which basically said, look, if there's a protection for uh, right of a woman to choose uh, for an abortion, it's not a federal right. It, uh, it's uh, going to be found in the states. Alaska has a provision, it's right to privacy, and our courts have said that it encompasses the right of a woman to choose. And uh, so many advocates are saying the only way we're going to change that is by a constitutional convention where we either ban abortion outright, we prohibit the courts from considering the question, or we define um, life as beginning a conception. So that's the second issue. Uh, we have uh, uh, a massive attack on our judiciary. Uh, there are, again, many who believe that our method of selection uh, has resulted in too, uh, a court system which is too liberal. Um, there are other issues, and, and one that, uh, Bill, maybe you could address. It's particularly of concern to us here in Juneau. Which is our old friend, the Capitol move. Yep, that Capitol which, crawl. Which we've been um, fighting for since statehood, and um, we have uh, successfully uh, uh, kept it here. But uh, that certainly will be on the table if 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 they have a constitution if a constitutional convention is held and do you think that's maybe some of the ulterior motives for this because we hear about this every single year we, we you know we worry about it it seems like every legislative session as, as we should uh, <laughs> t- to be honest um there uh, i think uh, many of the advocates for the convention are, are pretty upfront that this would be one of the topics they'd want to con- uh, want to consider yeah, our uh, our opponents uh, uh, posted a big sign up uh, in Anchorage that says uh, a "Vote Yes" on Proposition One, and they uh, they listed uh, four uh, items that uh, need to be addressed in their mind. Uh, of course, the permanent fund dividend, uh, moving uh, the legislature. Uh, Addressing uh, uh, the judiciary, uh, how judges are selected, and I forgot what the fourth one is, Bruce. I think it was a spending cap. A spending cap, right, yeah. So basically, a new constitutional convention can take the existing convention, basically, and just dump it and kind of start over from scratch, then. It's kind of my understanding of reading this the more I read into it. Uh, You're absolutely right. The uh, Constitution itself makes clear that... uh, the delegates would have plenary power to make any changes to the Constitution they'd, they'd like, including starting over. Uh, having said that, um, the one check in all this, and it's the 
most important check, which is anything a convention would come up with, would ultimately also have to be uh, submitted to the voters for their approval. So there, there is a check, but um, um, the risk ag- again is uh, convention uh, and the divisions that are inevitably to take place over the laundry list of issues. We just touched on four of them. Uh, that could come up would likely end up uh, again dividing the state and I think creating a, a, a great deal of uncertainty in both the economic and political life of the state. Especially because some of the rules in there, you know, we are very different from other states and we are. We're Alaska. That's just the way it is. And there's going to be questions about PFD, I think, is going to be a big one, especially because the original rules written for the permanent fund dividend really aren't specified when it comes to the permanent fund in the Constitution. So... It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out even. Thoughts on that? Now, this is an area that I think uh, Bill is uniquely in <laughs> positions to speak to. He is a former, as am I, a former uh, member of the Permanent Fund uh, Corporation Board of Directors, but also former Commissioner of Revenue. So this passes. Where does the PFD go? Well, uh, our uh, uh, opponents uh, claim that the PFD uh, dividend uh, would be uh, anchored in the Constitution, at least I think this would be a very bad thing, that the permanent fund uh, income from the permanent fund was intended to uh, pay for the cost of government, and we see uh, all the problems around the state, the lack of funding for particularly education. Reading the other day, uh, Anchorage is looking at closing six schools. And um, shouldn't shouldn't that money be used uh, uh, for uh, the permanent fund money used to uh, keep our education system working? Uh, Bruce, so. you're completely right. Sixty-eight million dollar budget deficit for Anchorage school districts. I talked about it on my show this morning, and I couldn't believe that they're going to cut schools. They're going to cut sports programs. And all because the legislator hasn't done anything on a per-student basis since 2016. And and, uh, we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. Um, Anchorage, of course, is the largest school district in the state, but uh, this is mirrored across the state. And I'm sure we're going to uh, be learning more of the impacts here in Southeast and uh, perhaps within our own school district because of this. So with your two's knowledge of the permanent fund and the permanent fund dividend, I guess in your opinion and based on you know what you're doing with Defender Constitution, where do you think the PFD should go from here? The permanent fund dividend? Yes, the dividend. Where do you think the dividend should go or how should it be determined? I, I, I believe that it should be determined by the legislature. Not it should not be part of the Constitution, and that the legislature will have to make the judgment, as they have in the past, uh, uh, depend and consider competing needs for uh, uh, the distribution from the uh, permanent fund to the state. Yeah, and I, I uh, fully share that view. Um, two things to say. One is the legislature is best in the position to decide how we allocate limited resources, which we're faced with every year. I think the other point to make, uh, defend our Constitution itself, 
doesn't take a position on any given amendment. So I'm sure we have members uh, within our group who would say, yeah, I'd like to see the permanent fund dividend in the Constitution, but I don't want to take the chance that a, uh, of the Pandora's box in a convention setting is going to go into the Constitution. It should go through the rigorous screening that uh, is required when you have to achieve two-thirds vote in either in both the House and the Senate. And then if we end up don't liking it, imagine the headache of changing it back and the arguments that would take place with that. Once given, hard to take away. <laughs> Very well put on that one, Bruce. <laughs> All right, guys. So I guess what are some aspects of the Constitution you would like to see changed? Like, okay, we don't go into a constitutional convention, but I would imagine there's some aspects of it that would need to be changed. I mean, this thing was made in the 50s, so things have changed. Our world has changed. Alaska's changed a little bit. So I guess what do you see pros as this or pros to changing anything in our Constitution? Well, as I mentioned before, I think uh, our membership uh, is diverse, politically diverse, and um, I'll use as an example uh, Senator uh, uh, John Coghill is an uh, outspoken uh, pro-life um, person, um, was one of the most strong, uh, strongest advocates within the legislature to uh, ban abortion procedures. He... Um, would love to see the Constitution change to deal with that issue, but once again, believes that the risk of opening up other aspects of the Constitution far outweigh uh, using the process. I think there's, uh, you know, if I had my druthers, we would uh, more directly acknowledge the existence of our First Nations, that is, uh, Alaska's indigenous people uh, in the Constitution. Um, I would love to see us deal in a, um, maybe a better way with subsistence. But again, that's my personal agenda. It's not the agenda of Defender Constitution. So, guys, the last Constitutional Convention went up for vote in 2012. Now, was this something you were passionate about back then and fighting for as well? Yeah. It was, well, of course, we've always been opposed to holding a Constitutional Convention, but... <clears throat> In previous votes, there was not the interest in holding a convention. Times are different now. People are frustrated. Uh, maybe it goes back to COVID. It seems like the legislature the last several sessions has been stymied, not be, been able to get things done, including uh, took them a long time to this last session to come up with what with the dividend. And they're just general frustration, and people see that the uh, a constitutional convention uh, might uh, alleviate some of these problems. So obviously, Bruce and I and our group disagree with that. We, we, we see a constitutional convention and the unintended consequences that uh, could uh, come out of it. Do you see outside money playing a big part in this this year, particularly? Well, I would say for our own part, uh, um, defend our, uh, our Constitution uh, has been fortunate in getting uh, support from uh, outside the state. Um, um, I particularly point to uh, uh, NEA, National Education Association, several unions who have been concerned uh, both about the risk that a constitutional convention might pose to um, employee benefits that at this point have vested or 
um, Alaska being uh, directed to be a right-to-work state. Yeah, cl- uh, yeah. collective bargaining issues. Which we haven't even brought up yet, which would be another aspect of this. Think about this. There's just so many things that could be brought up with this. Absolutely. Um, and uh, we've had a range of uh, organizations that one might characterize on the left or the right, but uh, particularly those in the uh, natural resources extraction uh, industries, Alaska Miners Association, for example, um, who have um, also come out in opposition because of their concern that uh, there might be efforts uh, to change um, our natural resources art- article in a way that uh, would hamper economic development in the state. And the concern here of outside money, again, I think from their perspective of uh, uh, environmental organizations wanting to line up. And, of course, on the other side, we have environmental organizations concerned about national monies coming in um, uh, to bolster uh, uh, resource extraction opportunities. So we have those uh, inherent tensions. We believe that um, there will be a lot of money. Um, I mentioned earlier, I think, that uh, we're one of 14 states that have this periodic um, opportunity to, to um decide whether there should be a convention. The last two conventions that took place were Hawaii in 1978 and Rhode Island in 1986. So this is a generational uh, opportunity if it passes uh, for organizations on a national basis to see Juno or see Alaska as a test tube, a way to reinvent government. And um, to that extent, to be very much concerned about Alaskans losing control over the process. Exactly. And you got to think, 44 other states have a process to deciding on a constitutional convention. Each state's a little bit different. Michigan looks at theirs every 16 years. Uh, each state's kind of varies. Actually, Alaska, Iowa, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, and Hawaii that look at them every 10 years. So interesting stuff when it comes to that. And of course, co-chairs of Defend Our Constitution in the studio right now with Bill Corpus and Bruce Patello. So I guess as we're wrapping things up here, guys, I guess what could you tell voters out there about this as, you know, whether you try to sway them either way on this? Because, well, voting is on Tuesday and early voting has already begun. And we just heard on ABC News this morning, 20 million people have already voted in this country. I'm one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Good to hear, Bruce. Good to hear. Well, I'll just uh, summarize it. Vote no on Proposition 1. (laughs) That that simple. (laughs) And uh, there have been numerous uh, articles, editorials. I think uh, even in Southeast, we've had some six editorials uh, where uh, newspapers in Southeast have come out in opposition to it. But people can Google the question and see a range of views that have been expressed. Uh, We have a website called uh, defendacconstitution.com where we have frequently um, asked questions. Um, it's a place to get information. Those who are promoting the convention, you, uh, and if you want to find information there, go to conventionyes.com uh, to get their perspective. Most importantly, though, as Bill says, vote. We're urging a vote no, but I would say the prerequisite, prerequisite to voting is to understand why you're voting. Being in the know. Definitely do your research. Exactly. 
Guys, I can't thank you enough for coming in. Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot today about this, and I hope other people have out there as well. I want to thank Bill Corpus for coming in and Bruce Patello, co-chairs of Defend Our Constitution. Bruce, one more time, if they want more information, where can they go? Again, defendakconstitution.com and conventionyes.com. Those are the opposing views on this question. I want to thank Bill Corpus again and Bruce Patella for coming in here, co-chairs of Defend Our Constitution. Remember, you can download past episodes of Capital Chat over at KINYradio.com.